Welcome to the Life as a Coder podcast series, brought to you by your friends at Ozark Coding Alliance, LLC, discussing your life as a medical coder, offering coding tips and advice for coding students and professionals. Join us every Monday. Hello, this is Jennifer McNamara, and welcome to the Life as a Coder podcast. Our program is brought to you from your friends at Ozark Coding Alliance. And our goal is to bring you timely industry topics in the field of health information management, as well as tips for work-life balance. If you're a first-time listener, we thank you for listening today. And if you like what you hear, please hit the subscribe button or follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard? Now Life as a Coder has a patron account. We are so excited to be a part of the patron community. So head on over to www.patreon.com slash life as a coder and become a member. We have three official levels. Of course, uh, the first level is your official patron account. You're going to get early access to episodes and one CEU a month, which of course is so exciting. We offer CEUs now. Uh, We're excited for that. And if you are an all-access member, you're going to get bonus episodes on top of your early access. And, of course, as a VIP, you're going to get so much more. You're going to get 10% of all of our events and webinars by going to our website, www.ozarkcoding.com. Early access to episodes, bonus episodes, and one free webinar a month. Just imagine the opportunity for CEUs you can obtain for only $10 a month. So we encourage you to jump on over to our Patreon account. That's www.patreon.com slash lifeasacoder. Well, we love to show our appreciation here at the Life as a Coder podcast. So thank you to Susan. Thank you to Christine, Andrea, Crystal, Stacy, Lindsay, Stephanie, Nikki, Jill, Karen, and Christy for being new members. And we thank you for joining us at the Patreon account uh, to become an official patron of the show. So we're grateful to have you and we hope you continue to enjoy listening to us at the Life as a Coder podcast. Well, as you know, here at Life as a Coder, it is our goal to provide not only HIM tips for you, but also tips for work-life balance. It's been a while, hasn't it? It's been a minute since we've talked about work-life balance. And so today is Working From Home Working. This is Episode 5, Season 3. Well, we hope that you are enjoying your summer, and of course, we're going to talk about working from home today. I, of course, have been working at home for about five years now. Many of my listeners are regular workers from home as well, and so if you're working from home, our question today is working from home really working? Now, not to say that we're not really working. I work my butt off. I would tell you that, and I'm sure all of you will as well, but there are some out there who ask that question. And so that's what we're going to answer today. We know all of our patrons, all of our members, all of our listeners, we believe you are working. But for some reason, there is this question. Maybe there are some out there who maybe aren't as productive as they could be working on site um, in the actual office with around people, right? And there's things that people worry about. But what is the data showing? Now, I don't have all the data out there. I've done my research. I've pulled my network. And believe it or not, 85% of our listeners and of those we polled do prefer working from home and say that they are more productive working from home. 
There were about 5 to 10% that actually liked the hybrid schedule where you get to go in the office and work from home. And I've done that before and I enjoyed it a lot. It was actually really nice. It, it kind of breaks up that monotony and you can kind of get out of your, your working from home clothes, right? You can get out there and, and get back into the world. And of course, we know during the pandemic, it wasn't possible for a long time. And so maybe some of you out there who don't really have the desire to work from home were kind of forced into doing that. And it wasn't really for you. And we understand that. It's not for everyone. Not everyone can work from home. We want to talk about some of the things that we can do to be productive at home. But we also want to talk about this whole aspect of it. Is it really working? Does it matter what department you're in? Does it matter what job you have? Does it matter, you know, what kind of person you are? Do you have that desire? Do you have that ability to sit yourself down and focus while you're at home? Do you have distractions at home that can prevent you from being productive? Let's talk about all of these things and let's just kind of, you know, get to the bottom of, you know, what's really uh, the better option uh, for employers. Now, that's going to depend from employer to employer. We're not saying that all employers should adopt this work from home aspect because every business, every company, every coder or worker is going to be different in their ability to be productive. And they have different aspects of that course working from home. They have different things they have to deal with. And so we want to just kind of give you the facts, the data, and some of the benefits, right, from working from home. And you can decide if it's for you, if it's for your employees, and then go from there. Now, there was a recent study done by Upwork. And for those of you not familiar with Upwork, it's kind of like Indeed, you know, Monster. They're a job searching site. Employers can go on there and find quality employees. And, of course, you can search for jobs as well in your industry. They did a recent study, and they found that one in four Americans, which is, of course, over 26% of the American workforce, they are expected to work remotely through 2021. We know the pandemic's not over. Some industries, of course, are still waiting to see how this is going to play out with the vaccine and the different variants coming out. So they're not quite ready for all employees to come back to work yet. And this, of course, depends on where you live and how things are going. Uh, but in a work week, those who work at home are more consistent work more hours, and get more done. But that may not sound exactly right, right? Like, how is that even possible, getting more done than working in the office? Well, you have to be more focused, right? How can you be more focused at home? What are things that people are doing to stay more focused at home? What are the things that they are employing to help them? You know, a lot of these workers, yes, they have kids, they have husbands, they have wives, they have family responsibilities. How are they able to be more productive at home, spend more hours, and get more done than they can in the office? Well, there are reasons for it. Let's talk about it. One of the articles that I read that I thought fascinating was this study that was done. And of course, yes, we know those of you who are a little more leery to let your employees work from home, you're not entirely wrong, right? Because there are distractions. There's reasons to procrastinate. And maybe employers aren't really sure if their employees are actually working. I remember when I was working remotely for several companies, there were a few that actually had these checks and balances in place, which was really a protection, not only for them, but for the employee. As an employee, you knew you were going to have to put in the exact chart you're working on, how long you're spending on it. And they had a clock in, clock out situation for each chart. Because when you're working from home, you're coding by chart, that's how they check it. And otherwise, yeah, it's the honor system. So we have to, of course, go by that, uh, which is why 
as we know, many coders don't work from home right away because of that fact. Uh, you're new. You're not used to the volume that these companies require you to code day in and day out. I mean, when I went from the office working for the hospital to working remotely, you know, I had to pick up the speed. It wasn't, I mean, it was about accuracy. You had to have 95% accuracy and you had to code a certain amount of charts per day, meet a certain, you know, criteria with some of these companies, not all of them, but some of them. So it could be really taxing on the brain and it could really just make you, you know, frustrated. And think about it too, a lot of people go into working from home, why? Why do they do it? They wanna work from home because they want a flexible schedule. I will tell you, first of all, not all remote companies that hire coders and billers and those in health information management auditors allow you to work a flexible schedule. You still have to work eight to five every day. So. Are you going to be more distracted at home or are you going to be more distracted? Are you going to get less than if you're working around people? Think about that. Is that something that you can handle? Can you get the work done that you're required to get done at home versus working in the office? And like I said, it's, it's by person and each employer has to get to know their employee and their work ethic. Do they have the kind of work ethic at the office where they're going to be just as productive, if not more, working from home when they can just focus, not have it, you know, maybe there's distractions at work that can distract them. So every employee, every employer is going to be different. And believe it or not, sometimes it's the task. Sometimes the reason people are more productive at home versus at the office because they're given tasks that are mundane or they're controlled. You know, they're micromanaged, which we don't like that word, do we, as, as employees? It's really difficult to work for someone who is micromanaging all the time. You feel like you're really in this little bubble and you can't escape and you can't really expand and, and do your job, right? So that could be an issue as well. Why employees are more productive at home? They're given tasks, they're given that freedom to use their brains, to use their training and their knowledge to code, to do what they were trained to do and finally get out of this bubble and feel confident, right? Give them that confidence and trust them to do their job. When we micromanage or we are always, you know, making them feel like they can't ever do anything right, then of course they're going to be less productive. They're always going to be worried about getting things perfect. And we're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. When we have that freedom to really do our research and get down to the bottom of why this is correct, get to our guidelines, take that time to do that proper research and get it right the first time, of course, we're gonna be more productive. Our claims are gonna get paid accurately. We're not gonna to have to do a lot of, of this back and forth denial management, which also costs you money as an employer, believe it or not. You have to hire people to do all this denial management when if you allow your coders to take the time to code it correctly the first time, give them that freedom to do their research, you'll be surprised at how much you'll save by letting them do their jobs and letting them get it right the first time. The studies have also shown that employees are actually happier working from home and happier workers work harder, believe it or not, they really do. I feel because I have the freedom to do my job and to pick my schedule with our employee here at the local hospital, I feel so much better because I can take that time. I don't have to get a commute. I don't have to worry about that long drive and, and all of the stress from being in traffic. I can, of course, have more time for my family. I can tell myself, yes, 
I am working this a set amount of hours today. I know my schedule for the week. I have to get this, this, and this done. I have to reach my hourly goal to keep myself full time to get my benefits. I know that, but I know each week what I have on my plate, what I have to get done and what my responsibilities are to my family. And so we have a schedule. We worked it out. We know what's happening each week and every week's different for us here at the McNamara household. Every week is different. We're not always going to have the same work week when it, with my flexible schedule. So I have to be flexible, which I love that I have that ability. So if you have that ability, that's great. If you don't, then of course you just have to decide, do you want to be at home or the office working the same exact schedule? What works for you? Now, I love the fact that I, of course, I'm a people person, but when I'm working, I like to focus. So I'm not one of those people when I'm working that's like, answering questions for people that are talking behind my back at work. I remember those days when you would hear the the talk at the, uh, you know, the water cooler, they call it, or the coffee machine, and, you know, your mind starts going to what you're hearing around you, and it can distract you from what you're actually doing. So one of the benefits from working from home, here I am in my office, it's quiet, my husband's at work, I'm sitting here in my quiet office recording this podcast for you, and I love it. I love talking in my private office, having less distractions. I can be clear of thought, clear in mind, and it makes me feel so good. So that's one thing. Now, because of the lack of commuting, a lot of workers from home, they can actually get out and have exercise. So taking your lunch break, you can take your lunch break outside. You can get on your deck or go for a walk. You can actually take that time to regroup and reprocess your thoughts, get back to centering yourself and and focus again, because that's what we need. We need to not be working 24-7. That, of course, is one of the drawbacks I'm going to point out now by working from home. Yes, there are drawbacks, because working from home, having constant access wherever you are, of course, to technology, if you work for yourself, for instance, too, like myself, it can be a, a drawback. I work from home and I love it. I love being able to have my own schedule, but because I own my own business, because I work for um, the hospital as well at the same time, I have so many more distractions too that I have to kind of drown out. I have to try to give myself a shut off because if I don't, there's always somebody that's going to be emailing me. Have you heard? Now the CCS exam is available without restrictions. Now is a great time to jumpstart your coding career with one of the most popular certifications in the country. The majority of employers require a CCS credential, and at Ozark Coding Alliance, we're here to help you achieve this goal. Join our workshop this July for only $129 and earn five CEUs. You can register at ccscoder.com. If all these, all of our coders at our team, they work different hours too, so they could be working on a charge or a claim and it comes through to my email, which comes to my phone, you know, at 10 o'clock at night and I, I see it and my mind starts engaging and I'm thinking about work again and I don't want to be thinking about work at 10 o'clock at night and it's a constant struggle. So there are drawbacks to you, know, you being constantly connected and you have these thoughts constantly about work, but if you can find a way, give yourself a cutoff. Maybe if you decide you're going to remove notifications from your phone uh, so you don't get those notifications uh, at a certain time of day, or you're going uh, to just make sure that you put your phone down during family time. Are you going to be having dinner with your family? Put your phone somewhere else. Put it on silent. Make sure you don't hear it or get distracted by it during that time, that quality time 
you want to have with your family or your friends. Uh, it is rude, right, to have your phone out and, and be chatting or answering emails while someone's trying to talk to you. How annoying is that? You know, we all do it. I mean, we're not, we're all guilty of it, I know. But this is something we can think about. You know, these are things that can help us to be more productive and help us to get our minds clear because focusing on our job requires us to have clear thoughts so we can focus on what that task is. If we have so many things in our mind, like I got to do this, I got to do this, it can be a distraction in itself within our own minds. We have to get out of that mentality, focus on our task, and it will get done. Um, I like to listen to John Tesh. I don't know about you. He has some great uh, tips for work-life balance, and that's one of the things, is you have to be able to control your, uh, your own thoughts, and you have to be able to control that. If you have all these thoughts coming from different directions and you can't focus them, one of them is going to suffer. One of the best tips he ever, ever gave us was the fact that you have to be able to complete a task. Those who are able to complete a task at a time are more productive because they're not focused on random tasks they have to complete throughout the day. They get one task done, they move on to the next one. They get that task done, they move on to the next one. And that's how I have found to be successful. And people ask me all the time, how are you able to get so much done? How are you able to work from home, you know, a full-time schedule? How are you able to do a podcast? How are you able to provide education, provide these virtual summits, provide monthly webinars? And I'm telling you what, I'm not an all one-person show. I have a team, but I also have a schedule. I know, like in the mornings, I have a set day that I record my podcast here for you today. So here I'm talking to you in my private office. I'm spending that time in my schedule to get that education to you, to help you in your career, to help you uh, succeed in what you're doing. And so that's what I love to do. And I schedule my time for it because I know how important it is. I make time in my schedule for things like this because I know how important they are to my listeners and to my network. And so that's why I do it. I do it to help people. Now, I love to help others, which is why I do what I do, but I also know how much it helps me because talking to my listeners, getting my thoughts out, telling you what's made me successful, I know it's going to help you. And so it's it's a constant back and forth. I'm helping you, and by you listening to me and providing your feedback and letting me know how much you appreciate it, it helps me because I can keep going. I know that I'm doing what I I'm supposed to do and that I what I want to do and it's fulfilling for me and so if you can find what that is for you and I'm gonna say it may not be medical coding a lot of people come to me and they are just stressed out because they're not enjoying their jobs and first of all some of them can't find jobs and they're stuck in this mentality that they want to work from home because they need to work from home but at the same time they're like I just don't enjoy it I'm not enjoying it that could be because you are not the kind that uh, would enjoy medical coding. Maybe you are now at a point in your life where you're going to switch paths, and that's okay. There are plenty of jobs out there that you can do to work from home if that is your true desire. This is a career. It is not just a, a way to sit at home and, and work from home and have a flexible schedule, which we all want, right? But it is a career. It needs to be thought of as a career path because you're going to have times in your life where it's not going to be a, a possible for you to work from home. You may have to get to that point. And then at that point, when you feel, you feel like you know what you're doing, 
you have that success in your career. You already have coded for this provider. You've coded the specialty. You know how to do it in and out. You're going to work from home and you're going to just be doing it and you're not going to realize that you're doing it so long and like me i've been doing it five years now and to me it's like second nature yes i have to think really hard sometimes with some of these op reports but for the most part i've been doing it so long that when i'm working from home i could have noise in the background i could have this and that but i'm focused because i know what i'm doing i've done it for so long i know exactly where to go in my book i know exactly where to go to do research and i get my answers and i move on and for those of you that are new, it's harder because you need that uh, somebody right there with you to kind of bounce your, your ideas off, bounce your guidelines off. But in our world today, we see a lot of remote workers, new coders getting jobs, and there are more employers offering jobs work from home because they're willing to train them. And that's one thing I want to talk about when it comes to working from home that a lot of people are, of course, dissatisfied with. It's a lack of training. And if you're training your employees maybe for six months or so in the office and then eventually you're going to let them go work from home, that's great. That's a great way to do it because you can train them in the office, give them that footing that they can really dig into, give them that confidence that they need to move forward into the remote work world because they don't need to be physically in the office, believe it or not. We don't need to be in the office to do our job. We just don't. Uh, we have, if you have the ability to let them work from home, you have the software, you have the way to do a VPN, you have the control, it's a great way to allow your employees to be productive. But those that need to work at the office, that don't have that ability and don't want to do it, let them work at the office. Let them have that ability. So I love the idea of letting my employees work from home. But again, sometimes we do go into the office and we kind of meet together and we work on some you know, ideas and, and we get that juices flowing. It's sometimes it's nice to be together. We meet maybe once every month or two, and then we come back do zoom meetings and, and, and it works. So it works for us. And so find what works for you, find what works for your employees, your employers, get down and meet together, talk about your ideas, what is going to work for you. And maybe this employee is going to be better at home. This employee has too many distractions and are not the type of person that can focus at home. Ask your employees, what would you rather work? Do you feel like you'd be more successful at home or at the office? Let them give you their input. Ultimately, yes, as the employee, it's your responsibility, your uh, decision whether or not your employees work from home. But you can take in that data, take in that feedback and decide if it's for them. Now, I, of course, love working from home. I talk about it all the time. Um, but again, I have been doing this a long time, and I know that I know myself. <laughs> I know what I can handle when I can't. And so if I have trouble with something, I know where to go. So if you're working from home and you're having trouble, you know, with the task or a code or a situation, you have avenues. There are Facebook groups. There are um, platforms like LinkedIn. You have your um, coding clinic. You have your CPT assistant. And if you don't have access to those, I highly recommend you maybe advise your employer. Or if you're an employer, are you offering these tools to your employees to be successful? And again, if you're not, um, do you have an encoder? Encoders are so great. Uh, we don't want to replace our books, obviously. I love my books. But when it comes to our encoders, they help us streamline those tasks, get down to the what's the MUE, what is the RVU, um, how do we put them in the proper RVU order. 
Um, how do we link the proper diagnosis to this procedure? What are the appropriate diagnosis? Does it have an LCD policy? All of these things billers and coders have to know to properly do their job each day. So encoders just really streamline that and put everything we need in one platform. And we're going to do our research, obviously. We're going to get into our books, look up the, the guidelines if we need to. We're going to look at the lay terms in each uh, under each procedure in an encoder. They have the lay terms, which are so great because it gets the provider there with you. You can look at what the provider is typically course mostly doing in that procedure you read your op note and you compare you learn okay he's doing this 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 seems what what is happening and if you're not sure you have the ability to either ask your manager or query a provider if you have access to get their input on you know what you're thinking bounce those thoughts off what you're thinking based on your guidelines versus what the uh, op report says those are all things that we do as remote coders. We can still be successful even though we're not physically in the office and have physical access to our providers. There are still ways to communicate. A lot of providers are so busy that for them, it's so much easier to just get an internal message about a, a patient, a chart, and they can answer it when they can. And they don't feel the pressure to stop what they're doing and answer your question. And so sometimes the providers actually like it more when their coders are at home because they can just respond when they're done with their case, when they're done with the patient, they can get on there, answer those questions, they can sit and focus on them. And that a lot of times is a lot better for them. So that's one of the things I like is that my providers, they love it. They love that I can just, you know, text them and say, hey, I left you a message, can you check it out? Or I email them internally and I say, hey, this chart, uh, I had a question on this, or can you update the documentation? I need a lot this laterality issue or there's a diagnosis that I would just want to, of course, clarify with you. And those are things that they love to talk about and they love to have the time to do it when they have the time to do it, right? So that's the great thing about working from home as well. So in answer to my question, is working from home working? Well, that's up to you. It really is. It works for me. It works for a lot of my colleagues. You have to decide what's working for you. But again, if you are working from home and that is your job and that is what you do, great. If you work in the office and you enjoy it and you're productive, that's great. If you have a hybrid schedule, that's awesome. I love hybrid schedules. So figure out what works for you. And of course, you know, talk to your employee if you have concerns, suggestions, and try to work it out together. That's a really great way to do. But if you are at home, I want to give you some tips, right? So uh, the article I read has some great tips I'm going to share with you I think is great. So create a comfortable workspace. This is what I had to do because at times I was just all over the place and I just didn't feel like I was had this right spot to work in. And I was, I was of course, alone. I was private secure. There was nobody around that could see my data. So I was secure based on HIPAA guidelines, but I didn't feel like I had this comfortable space. So I had to create that. My husband, of course, works for a furniture company and they put together an amazing desk for me, which I love. And so I got my two monitors, I got my speakers, I got my uh, my nice little camera for video um, meetings and it really helped me feel so focused. I got some pretty lighting, a pretty picture in front of me. You know, I have all, all the things around me that make me feel happy, sunlight in my window. So I felt like I created this comfortable space. 
And then of course, I'm going to be the first to admit I am not automatically an organized person. So that's one of the things that working from home has to have. You have to have organization. You need to have your space where you have all the things you need. Your coding books right here in a certain spot. Maybe files to keep, you know, uh, underneath you. Like you would have, of course, at an actual office. You have your file cabinet. that You keep certain uh, reference materials or things that you need to do, like your to-do list. So those are things. And, of course, uh, try to be uh, productive. You know, you know you have a task. So look at your day. What do you have to code that day? What specialties, if you're multi-specialty like me, I know I have GI, I have podiatry, I have orthopedics, I've got clinic charges and I've got surgery charges, then I have to work claims as well throughout my day. So I have to decide what's more important. I look at my missing slips in my, in my encoder, I'm sorry, in my EMR, and I look at that and I say, okay, this is how many uh, charges I have to get out. Our quota, our requirement is to get those out within two calendar days. I don't like to wait that long. I like to get them out that day if I can, if the doctors have signed them, of course, if they're ready to go. And so I like to do that first. That's my first thing. I have to get my clinic charges out because that, to me, that's a requirement for my employer. We have to get those out in a certain amount of time, and I want to get them out. Now, surgeries are the same, so I have to kind of look at my providers. How many surgeries do I have from this provider today and how many from this one? Which ones are going to take more time for me to code and which ones I can just knock out because the documentation is pretty clear. It's usually the same thing over and over again. There's not a whole lot of bundles and, and linking of diagnosis codes. It's going to take me longer, right? So I have to prioritize. I know, okay, I'm going to do this right now. I'm going to spend an hour on this. Then I'm going to switch to this. And I'm more productive when I focus on a certain task. And then I take breaks because taking breaks is important. Now, your employer will dictate to you, of course, um, what breaks you have. If you're going to take a longer break, you're going to clock out, for instance, clock out. Let's clock out for our employers. Um, and, you know, if you have to schedule a meeting with somebody or, you know, you have a specific meeting already planned with your staff or with your um, team, you have to schedule that into your, your day as well. I know every month on Tuesdays, the second Tuesday of the month, our employer has a webinar that we are expected to try to attend from our corporate coding team. Uh, and so we have to try to attend that because they, of course, pay these corporate uh, coders to provide this education for us. So they do expect us to attend. So I know Every second Tuesday of the month at this time of day, I have to be available because it's, of course, part of my ongoing education as a coder, as a member of my coding team. So I know I have to schedule that into my day. And those are things that, you know, you, you have to do. So, yes, working from home can be more productive depending on the person and depending on where you work. There are things that the pandemic has changed. It has changed a lot of things. Um, it has changed the way we work, right? What we do at home, what we do at the office. Um, it has changed the way employers view working from home. Um, they have seen the productivity and maybe they haven't. So as an employer, have you seen differences? What are you going to do in the future? What are you going to do to change the uh, way your employees work? 
If you feel that working from home can be more productive, but you need to find ways to make it more productive by changing the task, by changing your approach to your employees, maybe that could be the difference. Or maybe it's just not working for you. And maybe you need to say, hey, we're going to mask up. We're going to come to the office. We're going to be social distant. We're going to follow the guidelines while we're here in the pandemic, while we're dealing with this, and we're going to make it happen, but we're going to do it safely. Because in our line of work, in our facility, in our company, it's not going to work for us specifically. And that's okay. If it doesn't work for you, you find ways to make it happen. But if you can allow your employees to be at home, to be a little bit safer, and you can trust them to do their job, how much better is that, right? I'm always going to push more for for that productivity, whether it's at home or the office. It's not about where you are. It's about where you can be the most productive. So that's what this whole episode has been about. What we're talking about today is, is it really working? Yes and no, because it is working for some and maybe not working for others. So it really is up to you. I have given you, of course, my tips and, of course, my experience as working from home. And maybe those of you who are out there listening, if you ever provide me some feedback, I'd love to share it with with my listeners. Um, So, yeah, hit me up. Leave me a message. As you know, uh, you can actually leave me a voice message on your appreciation for this podcast and for the things we offer here. And we'll share it on the show. Exciting, right? You could be famous. So leave us your messages. Tell us what you think about our episodes. Tell us what you think about this particular episode. We want to hear from you, our listeners. And please share the show. We love to share our show with other future listeners so more can benefit from the education, from these tips for work-life balance that we like to offer here at the Life as a Coder podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. It's always our goal to inspire and educate. And as I always say, knowledge is power. The knowledge you learn today makes you powerful tomorrow. Don't give up on coding. Keep learning and keep growing. This has been Jennifer McNamara with Life as a Coder. Thank you to our sponsors, Ozark Coding Alliance, and our amazing podcast producer, Gabriel Fast with Highland Productions. Until next time. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Life as a Coder podcast series. Brought to you by your friends at Ozark Coding Alliance, LLC. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate that effort. It helps us share the show with other coders, students, and professionals just like you. Come back every Monday for a new episode. We'll catch you then. Project Resume can make your medical coding dreams come true. From resumes to interview skills to navigating a successful career, Project Resume has the advice you need from coders you can trust. See all that we have to offer at projectresume.net. Be sure to reference this podcast when you place your order.